0: Welcome to another episode of the Swing Away Podcast. As always, I'm Jenna Rose, joined by Total Sports' Donnie Dreyer and Brian Chittister of College Bound Jocks. We have an extremely exciting episode today. Donnie comes through with the connections. We're going to have five different college coaches on today's show to talk about the recruiting process, specifically with their university this summer, updates on camps, and just what recruits should be doing during this time to get noticed. Before we go into the interview, Donnie, you have a couple updates for us.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, First of all, there are no changes this week to our our top 10. As we said on the show, the top 10, you are safe for another week, but there's a lot of kids coming right after you. Uh, Just a couple quick shout-outs because I want to spend the majority of our time talking about the recruiting process with this great panel we have. Number one, uh, congratulations, South Lion East, who set the team home run uh, record for a single season. And along the lines, talking about home runs, we have the the record of 26 is now in jeopardy. We got two kids. We got Kendra Vanderluck from Odsego, who's got 23, and also Kelly Helvin, who's got 23 from Three Rivers. So once again, we may see that, uh, that record of 26 fall. And also a quick shout out, we've got Ellie Seeler, who is on the verge of hitting 700, which has only been done by six different kids. One of them happens to be Amanda Chittister, Brian Chittister's daughter, and uh, we just think that would be an amazing feat if she can end the season over 700. So, yeah, a couple quick shout-outs. We'll obviously cover a lot more next week, but I really want to get to our panel. It's going to be a great session we have.
0: Yeah, it certainly will be, and that's so awesome to hear. It sounds like we have a lot of powerful bats <laughs> going on here in the state of Michigan. But before we hop into the interview, state champs Michigan swing podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including softball at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to LTathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Swing away is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. Go to MHSAA.com. Great part-time pay. Stay connected to the game and support the kids while giving back and getting paid. Help wanted just whistle. Go to mhsa a.com slash officials. The pros at the Detroit Medical Center's Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine. Check out our Game changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website statechampsnetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash changers. And the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year awards, the state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on monday june 14th at the incredible dac in downtown detroit this year's nominees have already been announced so for more information head over to dacathleteoftheyear.com We are so excited to be bringing on some college coaches to go over the recruiting process and just hear more about their experience and what's going on in the softball world. Today, we have Michigan State University's head coach, Jackie Joseph, associate head coach at the University of Michigan, Bonnie Thall, Todd Buckingham, the assistant coach at Western Michigan University, head coach Karen Baird at Lawrence Technological University, and Eric Oakley, head coach at Kent State University. Thank you so much for joining us today on this edition of the Swing Away podcast. We're all excited to have you here again for the podcast. Not only do we want to highlight players in the state of Michigan, but we also wanna have some teaching moments and just get everyone prepared for that next level if they choose to go on to compete at the college level. So essentially just to kick off the panel, we'd love to hear about what you guys are doing after the College World Series to start recruiting, travel restrictions, impacts of COVID-19. Coach Jackie, we'll start with you.
2: Well, we're super excited to get back to uh, hopefully what is a normal recruiting calendar. There's a lot of catching up to do. We've spent a tremendous amount of time um, in that uh, segment where we weren't allowed to get out to watch a lot of film, collect a lot of data, get it, make a lot of phone calls. And now we're really ready just to get out and finish with that final evaluation um, to complete um, you know, the rest of our class. Uh, for the, mostly for the 22s for us. So um, we're just thrilled about it and uh, we've got a lot of catching up to do, but we're excited to get out and get started.
3: Absolutely, and Coach Thal, I echo those sentiments. You know, seeing kids on video throughout the year and last summer was outstanding, but it never replaces the in-person view of the athleticism. To be quite honest, the, the passion for the game, the engagement of the student athlete, and so that's uh, something that we're also looking forward to and uh, we have a busy summer ahead of us that's for sure because uh, not only are we going to be looking at our 22s that we have in fold and continuing to recruit um, but starting to look at younger classes as well
0: right it is exciting to start seeing athletes in person again and coach barrett here at lawrence technological university what are your summer plans
4: so we're a little different we've uh we've been able to be out and about um we've been the lucky ones with that so we uh we've been able to be in person more and then this summer we're going to be out and about uh, for sure we're going to be looking at 22s and 23s as well yeah it's been it's been a little different for us i think I know watching video, it gets a little tough at times. So, but yeah, definitely being out in there.
0: Right, definitely plenty of adjustments. And then Coach Oakley at Kent State.
4: Um, yeah, essentially
5: um, what everybody else said, we're gonna be trying to pack two years of recruiting into one summer, uh, watching the kids from 22 that have already committed and then you know trying to put together lists for 23, 24. Um, so that's, our plan. We will have some probably budget restrictions, but we're going to do our best with what we have to um,
6: to get the most out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Coach Buckingham.
6: Yeah, I, I'm going to deem this the summer of no sleep and the summer of chaotic evaluation, because you know we're all going to be you know running around with like uh, chickens with our heads cut off, trying to to see as much softball as we possibly can, you know. But it's an exciting time, you know. I mean. Just the opportunity to get back into quote unquote normal life you know is just extremely uh exciting to think about and so you know there's definitely going to be some restrictions you know i know for us personally it's it's uh you know going to be a midwest sort of a swing you know we won't take any of the traditional uh you know summer trips to colorado or california or those sort of things but i, I look at it as a great opportunity because it gives us an opportunity to really focus on the talent that's in our backyard uh, the talent that's in the neighboring city or cities and states, you know, so it's going to be, um, you know, not quite normal, but it's going to be exciting to get back at the grind.
1: Bonnie and Jackie, I'll throw this both to you. Uh, do you guys see any differences? I mean, if you compare it to 2018, let's say, you know, does this summer look any different? Are there any restrictions um, for you, uh, whether it's budget or maybe athletic directors saying, "Hey, we we don't want you to be out as much"? Um, what are you guys seeing?
2: Definitely for us, it's a budget situation. I think that what people might not realize is the bigger the school, the bigger the budgetary impact of COVID was. And so I think that we're gonna be hurting for a couple of years. I think we're gonna see an impact both on the number of visits that we were able to offer, maybe in an official capacity, might be changed from pre-COVID early days where it was pretty much an unlimited recruiting budget. You know, we're gonna have to be a lot smarter uh, as coaches and not be caught in the trap of entertaining people. We've gotta really do a good job of narrowing to those kids who are truly, truly um, invested in and have done their homework in our school and our program so that we can be more serious and they can be more serious about spending those dollars. So certainly we're blessed. I mean, we do have a healthy budget, but it's much different than it was pre-COVID, no question. And I do think it's gonna be a couple of years yet to wash out.
1: What do you think, Bonnie?
2: I call it recruiting efficiency. We are going to
3: have to be very efficient in our efforts um, considering budgets and considering you know, the student athletes that we have identified and uh, trying to narrow that list in earlier than later. I think that's the biggest thing that we've done a lot of work out front speaking on the phone, following kids through their social media accounts, following them in, um, you know, on the video, on the computer, as much as we can see. But uh, yeah, I think that there is going to be a tiny bit of a scaled back approach on our staff and throughout our department. And so it's going to um, require recruiting efficiency.
1: Right, Eric. Uh, you or Karen? Are you guys seeing anything? I know Todd touched it. He's going to stay a lot more Midwest. What What are you guys seeing at uh, Kent State and LTU?
5: Yeah, we definitely have some budget issues. Just you know, it's not as bad as I think we had anticipated, which is good news. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of question marks, and we'll probably a little bit like Todd. We'll probably recruit more regionally, which we do kind of anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe less. We might still go to Colorado, but send one instead of two people. You know, those kind of you know, smaller things to try to uh, save some money, but I, and also from a, a visit standpoint, like Jackie said, probably not offering as many official visits.
4: From a small school standpoint, right now we're actually restricted not to go out of state still, and uh, until July one, so we uh, we're definitely doing more of the regional aspect, staying in state, obviously, and we'll take advantage of that for from our standpoint.
7: I was curious about just uh, camps. I mean, I thought camps might be a pretty big uh, option for you guys this year, probably more so than usual at looking for recruits and hopefully getting more kids into camp since since you couldn't have any in the last year. So uh, maybe you can talk to us a little bit about your your specific uh, universities and and the camp opportunities kids might have at them this year.
3: Um, That's a tricky situation with camp, right? Because we are still dealing with restrictions here on campus. And it wasn't until two weeks ago that we actually were approved moving forward by our administration. Um, And the restrictions I'm referring to are just uh, the COVID protocols, making sure people are remaining safe and campus is remaining safe. So we have really, even though we've used camps as a huge recruiting tool in the past, I think we are really going to narrow our scope and we're going to have a much smaller numbers and uh, so we're just doing a couple of different days where we're having campers on campus and of course we have to open it up to uh, a certain age group we can only restrict it by age but we have to get a lot of our recruiting done through that small number that we have and so we're in the past we've been able to Uh, hold a few different weeks of camp, or a few different sessions, Uh, we are somewhat restricted. And the one thing that we did not take into account, we didn't have the foresight is uh, last year, we had canceled camp and tried to take into account those who were available to come last year and may not be available to come this year and vice versa. So it's a tricky situation, but we are really trying to mainstream and um, have a smaller age group. And that's how we're managing the camp situation along with recruiting. Jackie?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little different in that we typically didn't offer that many different dates. Uh, But to Bonnie's point, there will be some COVID restrictions. We're hoping that things continue to improve in our local community. Things are dictated by our local health officials. So we're ready to go full steam ahead with the couple of dates that we already traditionally have. And I will say that I think camp is more important forever than ever, given that I'm gonna be, not be able to go out as much. And so those kids that maybe aren't playing on that bigger national traveling team that might not be at some of those bigger events, it might be literally the only way they get seen is if they if they come to us. If they're sincerely interested in us, they need to come to us. Um, because I I just think that it's more cost-effective. And then in addition to that, I think it's important for parents and families to use the resources like Brian and yourself to help the kid narrow to what camp is appropriate. It's, you know, if you only have limited resources and you can't go to everybody's camp, you know, I'm not saying don't go to camp because you want to learn, right? You're young and you want to go learn, that's one thing. But if you're looking to get recruited, I think using your measurables and using your resources like you guys to help a kid um, decide where maybe they better fit is a cost-effective way for them as well. Cause we are aware that camps can get expensive and I hate to see kids waste a lot of money going to schools that really nobody thinks they can play there. So there's two different reasons a kid goes to camp, right? They go to learn because they're younger or whatever. But then when you're in that recruitment age, you want to do a better job of narrowing, attend those schools camps that, that really could be a good fit for you and your family.
1: Hey Buck, why don't you go next? And then Eric and then Karen here in the studio. What What's camps look like for you guys over at Western Michigan?
6: Yeah, so for us, it's a little bit different from the standpoint of, um, you know, we have a smaller coaching staff. So, I mean, we're going to divide and conquer trying to make up for lost time with recruiting. So camp-wise, we're, you know, most likely not going to do anything until the fall. That way we can completely dedicate ourselves during the summer months to uh, catching up with the recruiting. And, you know, kind of echoing what what, uh, Bonnie and Jackie have, you know, been saying that, you know, if we can identify uh, individuals that are truly interested in our university, uh, we don't feel like that's going to hinder our ability to get them if they, you know, show some true interest in Western as far as you know, waiting till the fall to come to our camps. Uh, but that's, that's basically our plan at the moment. We um, are looking at a few different options. You know, right now, it, all these other
5: camps that have multiple coaches from multiple schools are, are really kind of taking over the market. And it's tough to, to thread the needle and find the dates that you're not competing with a camp that's got 16 coaches from, you know, 16 different schools. So we're probably doing something um, that we've done typically through fall and through winter, which is which are mini camps, uh, which, you know, may have a capacity of eight or 16 kids tops and they're on a Tuesday evening. Um, so it's it's really kind of more of a regional thing, but, you know, certainly anybody who wants to come and, you know, it'd be open to everyone. Um, so we'll, we'll utilize that a little bit more and then um, and then probably, you know, defer to more of the fall. I just feel like everybody's gonna flood the market with camps right now and it's gonna be hard. compete with that and you know i want my assistants to be able to go out and work some of those other camps as well so ours is probably going to be uh uh, of course also uh bound by the restrictions of the the county we're in as well so our goal is to have some camps listed in the next few weeks but they're probably going to be smaller
4: Uh,
1: karen what's it look like at launch tech
4: so obviously being smaller we're obviously going to and we don't have unlike you guys we don't have a field <laughs> so i actually have to go in uh, really cool place get, right, exactly really cool place. yeah we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> we, we we have uh, some funding for that so but we we're actually looking at partnering with the high school and uh, being able to hold camps but we're going to probably do them more august just because we know after july 1 everything opens up and get some uh, players that way as far as camps and we have you know obviously the little different restrictions of you know, uh, open to all ages. We can just kind of invite people <laughs> and uh, have those rules. So yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna take advantage of camps this summer, but it's probably gonna be more August, 1st of August.
1: Awesome. Okay, so I got something fun now, Where I think it's fun. Um, you know, we've got, we'll have 1,000 uh, prospective student athletes listening to this call and um, they're always looking for advice. So what I'm gonna ask each of you, and we're gonna go in reverse order, Karen, so you get <laughs> to go first. If there's one thing that you would tell a PSA what they should be doing to enhance their recruiting process, what, what would you say that is?
4: Email your, the coaches you are interested in all the time. I think uh, some of that, they, they sometimes depend on their summer ball coach or even their high school coach too much, and they're not doing the emailing. Um, but they need the email and definitely be reaching out to the coaches more.
1: Eric?
5: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, be annoying is, is usually what I say, you know, <laughs> name recognition is a big thing. If you're emailing me, you know, once or twice a week, I- I'm at least gonna recognize your name. So if I'm at a field and I'm watching somebody else and you happen to be at that field as well, I'll at least take the time to look because you've sent me, you know, a hundred emails or whatever it may be. So. Um, so yeah you know getting your name out there and if you're interested in in a certain school you know have have a reason you can't simply just be uh, you know you're from Arizona and you've heard of Kent State this is probably not likely you know what's your connection why are you interested you know the more detailed you
6: are about why you're interested in our school the more interested we tend to be back. Tad? As Karen and Eric have said you know we get emails 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 and that's you know definitely nothing wrong with that but based upon your question, hey, what can they do to be different? I, uh, I, have a cool idea. I have a cool thought. Like any recruits that have ever sent me a handwritten note, uh, a handwritten letter, uh, I have kept. I have a box that I've always kept them because to me that sort of stands out uh, because basically I can see who you are as a person, you know, based upon your ability to write and complete sentences. And uh, I can see some personality in certain things. Uh, because you know, obviously, recruiting is all about finding the right match for yourself. So I, I, I I've always liked that getting handwritten letters from recruits and call me old school, you know, whatever you want to call me, but I think that's a cool touch. Yeah, Bonnie, what do you think? One
1: one thing. Well, I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna take a little bit different approach here. Um, in after last year's COVID summer recruiting, I found that. I was really intrigued with the number of practices that were posted on social media platforms and streaming platforms. And I would recommend that um, prospects actually have practices videotaped as well. And maybe not the whole entire practice, but um, you and your teammates doing a lot more things at practice because we see a lot more in even warm-ups and practices than we do in actual game time. It kind of goes hand in hand with camp. We don't just recruit kids from their talent and their performance at camp. It just intrigues us to be able to see them in a live game situation. So we blend the two. And so for me, I think showing practice on a streaming platform is one of that is a blending element in
2: the recruiting process for me.
1: I'm taking notes. Jackie?
2: I don't disagree with what, what everybody said there. I think there's truth in all of that and that's all helpful. For me personally, I want to know that you're not just sending out a mass email to all 300 coaches shopping for a scholarship. I, that's a turn off. I don't look at any emails that don't have measurables and film embedded in them, whether a link to clips or games or whatever. Uh, you know there are those kids that are fortunate enough, the top one percent, who are playing on the best teams nationally, etc. But for the other ninety-eight percent, ninety-nine percent, you know, I want to know why you're interested in Michigan State or Kent State or whatever it is. I don't want to feel like you've just sent a mass email shopping for a scholarship. It doesn't work that way. I think people have to do their homework. People need to get their measurables done and taken by a a reliable third party, not a parent. I think they've got to do these things themselves, not through their parents. I think they've got to have quality film, even if it's on their iPhone in their backyard. It's gotta, there's gotta be something I can go on there. If I'm going to go from zero to adding you to a list, to wanting to make sure I go see you play. Back to Bonnie's point originally about efficiency. I need some way of sorting and the more data I have, the more film I have, it helps me sort. And parents and kids need to understand that there's likely a place for everybody to play. They've got to be realistic about their measurables. You know, if it doesn't help if you're, you're, you're dying to go to Michigan State and you pitch at 54 when the average pitching speed in the Big 10 is 62. It is what it is. I'm not trying to squash anybody's dreams or anything like that, but I think that if you're going to to be efficient about your search and we're gonna be efficient at ours, those measurables are a critical first step in helping everybody sort out where they fit, save money, save time, save frustrations. You know, I think that stuff can go a long way.
1: Brian Chittister, okay. College Bound Jocks. You talk with thousands of coaches and help thousands of kids. If there's one thing that stands out over the years you've been doing this, what's one thing you think that uh, PSA should be doing?
7: There's a combination of two things that, that actually go both off of what Jackie just said and what Bonnie said, but the, the, the main thing I tell all of our athletes is do not mass email coaches. <laughs> you want to do the research on the school first, get your ducks in a row, as it'll take you 15 minutes to just read and make sure the school has your major, when you're emailing a coach make sure you let them know hey I'm interested in pre-law and I and I think that the University of Michigan law school you know whatever the name of it is I'm sorry I don't know but you know put that in your email so coaches know you've done the research and pay it you know make sure that you're giving them a couple of points of why this school is a good fit for you and they'll determine whether or not you know your video if they think you can play you know athletically there but tell them what the reasons are why academia. Academically, you'd be a good fit there, and and but between the two things, then the coach will have a good idea of if that kid would be a good fit. And then, real quickly, yeah. to, to go on now, what Bonnie just said, I felt the exact same way over it before COVID even started. I was going down the road of I want coaches to see kids practice, a close up, it's one thing they can see a game like on video or whatever, but to see them working with their pitching coach or working with their hitting coach and you actually see real time and hear the player talking, it's like a closer environment, a more intimate situation. So we developed a, uh, a streaming feature so every kid could stream live video to their CBJ page for that reason. I tell him, you know, you can do the games if you want to, but for me, it's more about that close, personal, one-on-one, you and your coach, you and your pitching coach. So when you're throwing the rise, and you're trying to get something going, and it's not quite working, what's the pitching coach telling you, and how do you make those adjustments? And and Coaches want to see those things, and that's why I, I agree completely with Bonnie on that, and I think that that is a, a great point that a lot of kids should do more of. Um, and, and with our live stream feature, they can actually save that video. So even if the coach can't check it out while it's going live, they can save that to their page and they can
1: check it out later. Uh, that's that's awesome stuff. Okay, we take the other side of the coin now, and we'll go in reverse order. Which means, Jackie, you're going to be up first. And that is, if there's one thing that maybe bothers you the most, or the the one thing that you would tell PSAs not to do in regards to recruiting, what would that be?
2: Send me an email that starts with "Dear Coach Hutchins." that's That's
1: that's awesome my whole life
2: i've always wanted to attend the university of arizona (laughs) things like that it's like you know good lord it's not that hard and then secondly would be when i get an email or a call from a parent i mean god bless them they just don't understand They cannot be uh, an advocate in this regard. Those would be the first two (laughs) no-nos. Bonnie? (laughs) I would have to say to make sure that they are
3: running their own race. And what I mean by that is that their recruiting experience may be completely different than somebody who is their teammate or their friend because your teammate is committed at a certain, in a certain time frame, doesn't necessarily mean that that is the same recruiting process and recruiting experience that you will have. And and be diligent in your research. Instead of trying to get it done, make sure you get it right. And that's finding the right place for you athletically and academically. And so that's my advice to run their own race, and uh, keep your eyes on your own prize.
5: Awesome, Coach Oakley. I just want to repeat everything Bonnie just said. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, do that? I just think too often you see um, it gets out of their hands. Uh, you know, it becomes somebody else's dream and somebody else's goal, and instead of their own. So that's one of the first things I say when when I'm recruiting somebody, and we're in that room with the parents. Is Is this your dream? You know, is this your you know choice? Because if it's not, then that's a conversation you need to have right now, as a fifteen or sixteen-year-old, not not once you get here, because then it's really messy. Um, so know what you want, and, and you know it has to be your dream, and and go. and I've heard Jackie say this a ton of times. Uh, go watch college softball. Go see what it is you think you are getting involved in, uh, and really get a sense of the speed of the game and the intensity at which the players play, and. You know, I remember the first time I was in a dugout with Karen Baird at Eastern Michigan and I'd only been coached in high school up to that point. And holy cow, the speed of the game is the thing I remember the most from that first game in college. So make sure they're they're watching softball and know what it is that they want to get involved in.
6: Uh, great stuff, Tad. Yeah, I would say probably don't mention money in the first email. Wow. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it it really, it really becomes like a life lesson. Like none of us on this call right now Ever when we were interviewing for our jobs, you know, it's not like we didn't care about what the pay was going to be, but we didn't come in for the very first interview and be like, hey, so what am I getting paid? You know, because that's a huge turnoff. Obviously, they're going to, you know, care whether or not they get a scholarship, but they need to make, you know, a connection with us as coaches and they need to build that relationship and progress in the recruiting process before we start talking about scholarship stuff because. Rest assured, kid, you know, if we're interested, we're going to give you some sort of scholarship. You are not going to have to ask. So I would say definitely don't lead with money. Karen,
1: what do your years of experience tell you that you don't want a PSA to do? I just
4: feel like I should put repeat. Jackie, what she said. Bonnie, what she said. Oakley, what he said. Uh, Buck, there you go. It's so true, right? Um, I would say the one thing that to kind of expand on is, is the parents love you. I'm a parent. Some of us are parents on this call. And um, <laughs> let let your daughter do the talking. Don't do the talking for them. And they do have a voice. And, um, you know, once you get them talking, it is amazing, you know, with the perspective of what, what they have to talk about. And um, I think that's one of the first things I talk about with the parents is... Your daughter is doing the four years at the college, not you. And I, though I love you and I can't wait to see you in the outfield or behind the plate, we're here to coach your daughter. And um, I think that's gonna be the biggest thing is getting to know the daughter, not the parent. But though we want the parents to be awesome in our program for sure, right. no <laughs> doubt about
1: that. So. Uh, that is that is awesome stuff hey one real quick thing before we let everybody go I just um, you know this this show is all about the 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 high school athlete and helping them out and getting them recognition so this has been awesome for you guys to come on here and do this is there anything uh, and we'll quickly go around that the travel programs should be doing to be able to help you guys out for years you guys are the one that's been bouncing all over the country recruiting these travel program players what can the travel programs uh do for you and karen i'll I'll start with you
4: so being a smaller school obviously one of the things is having that connection with the the travel coaches and just reaching out to us when you do feel that someone could be a part of an naia program um and don't hesitate and i'm going to go back to jackie made a point of there is a place for everybody you know, big, small, indifferent, whatever it is, right? But please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we, we have that relationship with the the travel ball coach, um, for sure.
1: Jackie, I know your time's tight. I'm gonna go to you next.
2: Well, I think the most important thing is developing those relationships and keeping them with that coach in school so that, you know, your job is the travel coach is to be the conduit to, to help the kid find a good fit. So if you understand, what it's going to take at certain places because everybody can play somewhere, but not everybody can play for every coach. We all have our own styles and personalities and we're not, I'm not for everybody. Right. And it's not about me. It's about getting it right for the kid. So telling the truth to the coach is important. Um, Once that travel coach or any coach breaks that trust, we'll never go back. And that's the hard part for the, the coaches. And lastly, I do want to go back a second. I think it's critically important for all the high school kids to really, truly be where their feet are and enjoy their high school experience for their high school experience and then enjoy their club experience for their club experience and to to not try to compare those two things. High school is an incredibly important time to be with your teammates and and those kids that likely are not going to go on. And then your club is different. So embrace them both. But advice for the travel coach is to also understand the levels and the styles and the parameters of each level as much as possible. So you can truly be a great resource and advocate for all of your kids and then ultimately tell the truth because once you cross that line, you're never going back.
1: Awesome, hey, and thank very much for for bringing up the high school because we always say, "High school, you represent your school, you represent your community." Club can't give that to you. There's there's two completely different things, and both of them are really really important. So thanks for pointing that out, Eric. Why don't we go to you next?
5: I guess my thought about uh, travel ball coaches is um, maybe it's a different approach. Is is once they are in college, kind of let them let them go. You know, we we expect, you know, that the travel coaches and the high school coaches, and the hitting coaches, and the pitching coaches are getting them ready to get to college. But once they're here, they're part of our system. They're part of what we're trying to accomplish. And I think sometimes there's that tendency for an athlete to want to go back to where it was comfortable. And that's not always what's going to work when we're trying to go out there and compete and beat Western Michigan or compete with Michigan or Michigan State. You know, we, we're trying to do something
1: different. So once they get to college and let them grow as athletes. Awesome. Bonnie, what can travel ball programs do for you?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing is um, help their own student athletes identify the top four or five schools that they're interested in and have in-depth conversations with them about the school and much to what Jackie referred to because I think that they have a better understanding and if they don't have a better understanding, they typically, as adults, can find out information about a university and about the fit for the student athlete. So have those conversations up front, so it helps helps the student athlete mainstream the recruiting experience, and I think it'll be a it will be a more joyful one for them if they have more of a focus and a direction moving towards the next level. And I think that helps us as well because it will filter out many of the hundreds of emails that we receive for those kids who consider us one of their top 30 or 40 schools that they're interested in. And um, if we can mainstream that as well and filter it out, I think it's a win-win for the club coach, for the prospect and for the university.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Todd, we're going to finish up with you and then turn it back over to Jenna.
6: Yeah, I would just say this is more of a public service announcement, uh, and it's a very broad (laughs) spectrum comment, but it would be fantastic if all travel ball coaches could find events to play in where losing matters because i get it that there are exposure events in which it's free substitution is this and that and no travel ball coach has complete autonomy and control over where he or she is playing i get it but when we when they get to our level and you know they realize sometimes that it's not a time limit game and they realize sometimes that not everyone gets a fair shake and they realize sometimes that you know what it's supposed to matter if you lose. I think it's a culture shock for some kids um, to, to really fight through the fall to get through. So if they can just continue to try the best of their ability to find events to play in where losing matters all the time in every game, uh, that will be spectacular.
1: Uh, thank you very much.
7: I, I just want to jump into real quick. I think the one thing that I would recommend to travel ball coaches is if you really want to help your kids invest some time and get out to see some of these college programs play. Go to NAIA games and see the level of those and not just one, go to several so you can see the level that they play at, what they compete at. Go to D2 schools, go to D1 programs, go to mid-major D1s, go to Power 5 D1s and see the level so that you can intelligently contact these coaches and say, hey, I got a kid for you because you're wasting everyone's time and you're shattering kids dreams when you say hey i'm gonna call michigan and get them out here to see you when it's like there's no chance that kid could play there so make sure you educate yourself and that's going to make you a better coach that's that's one advice i'd give
1: Jenna, we could go for hours and hours.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm surprised that we were able to get it under an hour. This was a lot of great information. I mean, we really can't thank you all enough for joining us here today in the studio. As Donnie was saying before, this podcast is really meant to help and promote the student-athlete. So to have this kind of advice, I'm sure that pens were jotting (laughs) throughout the series of this episode. So again, thank you for your time and insight today.
1: Thank you, coaches. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you doing it. And, and believe me, you're going to get thousands of people that are going to take nuggets from this uh, podcast and they're going to be able to use it. And it's going to better the game for softball. And I quickly want to say, Jenna, now that we got the College World Series, because all of these people will be able to be out as soon as the College World Series is over recruiting, everybody on here should be turning on their TV, watching College World Series just racking up the ratings and continue to advance our game. So turn on your TVs and watch and learn from the best of the game.
4: All right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Thank you again everybody.
4: Thank you so much. Right, take care of take care, you guys. Bye everyone.